0: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Tuesday, September 7th, 2021, recording edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. And uh, if you're listening on the YouTube stream, and I see a couple of you guys trickling in, thanks as always for tuning in. Locked on Dolphins. Hit like on the videos. Subscribe to the channel. That way you get the push notifications on your phone when we kick things off. And if you just like listening as usual on the, uh, the old podcast feed, you just keep doing what you're doing. It's great to see each and every one of you and appreciate you carving some time out of your day for Locked on Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And I wanted to make sure that I got a a video stream out uh, for Monday afternoon slash the Tuesday episode of the show because we got some news this morning. Uh, We got some big news that the Dolphins had placed two notable members of their offensive depth chart on the reserve COVID-19 list, those being tight end Adam Shaheen and starting left tackle Austin Jackson. So this news is significant in that you may not have either of these players available to you for week one. Uh, It is kind of apparent that uh, Adam Shaheen has not been shy about his stance with COVID vaccination. And and therefore it, it's since been reported that he tested positive for COVID-19. So protocols indicate uh, that he must be separate from the team for 10 days. Um, what does that mean for Miami? And O'Brien Flores in the press conference kind of played a coin and said, it's possible you might see both of these guys. I got the sense from listening to Brian Flores talk throughout the course of his press conference on Monday It's gamesmanship time to the umpteenth degree, to the point in which he was asked why they only elevated one player from the practice squad uh, as a COVID-19 replacement. And his response was, uh, wait and see. He's not given anything out. So he's going to leave everything open, every possible outcome open because he wants the Patriots to have to account for every possible iteration, which includes Austin Jackson and Adam Shaheen being available to play, even though it doesn't seem as though that that's going to be really likely. Um, some comment questions: Chris wants to know early predict score prediction for Miami at New England. Come back on Friday. We'll do that on Friday. We'll do the deep dive on Friday, um, and throughout the course of this week, we're we're going to do offensive game plan tomorrow, defensive game plan and then power to the pod slash predictions uh, for the game on Friday. So that's what the rest of the schedule is going to look like for us here on locked on dolphins, but Austin Jackson, it has not been defined whether or not this was a positive test. Um, I know Miami did well with vaccination rate relative to the league. So if he is vaccinated and this is a contact tracing situation, you may see Austin Jackson back in time for the game, but we've opened up a whole can of worms here as far as the possibilities on what we could see the dolphins do and what really jumped out to me was losing Austin Jackson the the potential of losing Austin Jackson uh, is really making me evaluate the dolphins methodology for crafting an offensive line and they talk quite a bit about how they want guys who can play multiple spots and when you evaluate the the offensive lineman that the dolphins are carrying Austin Jackson's really the only one that doesn't have any positional versatility at all anyway I mean think about it Solomon Kinley can play left or right guard Michael Dieter can play guard or center Robert Hunt can play guard or tackle he played tackle last year Lee Michaelberg has been cross trained at both guard on the left side and tackle on the right side Jesse Davis can play all four spots except for center Greg Mangs has played both center and guard in his NFL career UDFA offensive guard Robert Jones played tackle at Middles Tennessee State. He's playing guard in the NFL. And Greg Little has played both left and right tackle. A lot of versatility there. And when Brian Flores was asked on Monday, what is your ideology for getting uh, the offensive line group correct? Is it your best five or what? He said, point blank, I want my best combination of five guys out there. And when you read what Brian Flores said when he was asked about if they had a plan, he said, we've talked about that as a staff. We have a few different options. We've got multiple players who have played over on the left and on the right. So we'll work a few different combinations today and see what it looks like in practice and talk it over over the next few days. There's an opportunity to get both guys back, so we'll see how it goes. So we kind of teased it a little bit. Yeah, you might get him back. But this Dolphin George Gotzi had the really interesting comments In August, when he was act about uh, some of the cross-trained individuals, Michael Dieter being one and Liam Eichenberg being the other. And here's what George Godsey said. Interior offensive line is center specifically talking about Michael Dieter is another position where there's really only eight offensive linemen active on game day. So they've got to have some flexibility. And it's nice for Michael Dieter to have played guard for a year now, knowing what it takes from a center with that communication continues on throughout the press conference. He's asked about Lee Mike It's the same thing with the amount of guys on the roster on game day. He's going to have to play multiple and learn multiple spots. And based on the dynamics of that room, whoever is active come the first week of the season, which we've got some time, there needs to be some flexibility to be able to play inside and outside. This is exactly what they're preparing for, is instances like this in which a guy goes down. Now, you spider web this out, and you get a bunch of different iterations because eight guys on the offensive line that you have on the 53-man roster can play more than one spot. You start doing the jigsaw puzzle in your head, and okay, I can move this guy here and slide this guy over there. And This is going to be the ultimate test of what this ideology for building an offensive line is capable of doing. And Michael in the comments, Kyle, I'm worried about the constant position switching on the line, no consistency and cohesion. And this coaching staff would counter with, well, throughout the course of training camp, we've tried a lot of different iterations and we've tried a lot of combinations. So they've had exposures and it's really falls in line with what their entire team building philosophy is, which is We want to be multiple. Well, we want our offensive line to be multiple. We want our defensive backs and safeties to be multiple. We want our defensive linemen to be multiple. So how they choose to approach this, whether it's we're just going to take Greg Little and put him at left tackle and keep everything else the same, or we're going to take Jesse Davis and move him from right tackle to left tackle and put Liam Eikenberg, if he's healthy at right tackle, and leave everything else the same. Or we're going to, Leave Jesse Davis at right tackle and take Liam Eikenberg, who started 39 games for Notre Dame at left tackle, and put him at left tackle. Or you could even get as exotic as to say, We're going to take Jesse Davis and move him from left to right. We're going to put Liam Eikenberg and put him at left guard. We're going to take Solomon Kinley and put him over at right guard. And we're going to put Robert Hunt back outside to play right tackle. Like a lot of options, a lot of chaos. And maybe that is some of the appeal of this ideology if you're trying to game plan for this kind of. conflict that you can provide to opposing coaching staffs is you have no idea what iteration they're going to roll out on Sunday. I could tell you what I think would be the best combination. I could tell you what I think would be the highest ceiling. I could tell you what I would do, but at the end of the day, they know better than I do because they're hands on with these players every single day. What would I do? That's a great question. And I'm going to answer that, but not before I gave a shout out to my friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to make sure you are making money this football season. Football season is back. Bet Online, the number one spot for your pro and college action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You can make up right on the Thursday, September 9th contest between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. And it is, I didn't even send a, any notifications out on Twitter that we were dropping a live stream tonight or this afternoon. And there's a bunch of you guys in the stream. So it's great to see each and every one of you. We're talking Dolphins offensive line, we're talking what combinations I would probably trend towards. I personally am of the school of thought that I don't want to change multiple spots. I don't want to play the domino effect where three guys are playing in different spots than where they've been practicing for the last three weeks. I don't know if the Dolphins are going to have that that school of thought. You would think, in a perfect world, Lee Meikenberg would have won the right tackle spot. And Jesse Davis is your utility offensive lineman. He's your number six offensive lineman. He could have come off the bench and filled any of those spots across the board. And it would have been really simple. I was talking to a couple of colleagues in the industry, and they were asking me about this Dolphins offensive line. And they were like, how did we get here? Well, they invested three picks in the t- first four rounds in the 2020 draft for offensive linemen of varying degrees of readiness to play in the NFL, but all physical tools that are really appealing. They let him play last year. And now, coming into this season, you trade for Isaiah Wilson. He decides he wants to be a rapper instead of play football. Not much you can do there. Then you bring in DJ Fluker to compete at right tackle. Arthoscopic surgery the second day. Camp. Boom. Injury settlement and cut. So then you trade for Greg Little. And this is after you traded up for Liam Eikenberg. And then Solomon Kinley's in the doghouse. So Liam Eikenberg spends time at guard instead of just focusing on right tackle. And now he's probably not where you'd like him to be. And your ideal sixth offensive lineman, Jesse Davis, which is how I would have liked to have seen this thing play out, is your starting right tackle because you swung cheap twice in the offseason. One guy had surgery. The other guy flopped off the field. That's hard luck. I appreciate that they've continued to swing away at this thing and try and get bodies in here that are going to make sense and, and fit the style of what they want. And guys that are young and former first round picks guys that have experience. And it's been a hard luck situation for this offensive line, but what I would do from here, knowing that Jesse Davis is probably gonna be your starting left tackle or your starting right tackle. Excuse me. I think I'd take this week and try and get Liam To be ready to go to play if he's healthy and ready to go. And that's kind of a mystery. You know, he didn't practice last week for a lower body injury. If Liam Eikenberg's good to go, I'm giving him every opportunity this week to show me that he's he could take the left tackle spot. Because if you think about it, people are going to say, well, he didn't play at left tackle. He played, he's got muscle memory from four years at Notre Dame playing left tackle. They've tried to undo this, they have tried to undo the muscle memory that he has. By asking him to play to his blind side, which I respect and it's going to take time. But if he's not performing at the expectation that maybe what you expected when you watched his college tape, it's not just as simple as this hand is up and then I'm going to go over to the other side of the line and go put this hand up and call it a day. You got to invert everything you do from a technique perspective. And a lot of accomplished offensive linemen will tell you that's not an easy thing to do. So, from a muscle memory perspective, I almost feel as confident that Lee Meikenberg could step in at left tackle as he can anywhere else. And if you compare and contrast him with the other option, which is Greg Little, Liam Meikenberg got drafted at the end of April. Greg Little got traded to the Dolphins three weeks ago. Who do you think knows the playbook better? It's probably the guy who's been here all summer. So Liam, more natural muscle memory on the left side, because that's where he played at Notre Dame almost exclusively. And he's got months more exposure, and granted he's a rookie, hasn't played at the NFL, I get it. I would give him a legit chance to play on Sunday. But he has—he would have to be healthy and available in practice. And then you give him a shot. If he's not, I'd probably just like Greg Little take it. I would not be one of these guys who's doing the domino effect and uh, letting things trickle down where three guys get their positions upended for the first game of the regular season. I think there's some appeal there, and we've seen what Jesse Davis in sparing looks in the preseason, particularly against Atlanta. We saw what Jesse Davis can do in the run game when he got a significant amount, or we saw what Lee Michael can do in the run game. He got a pretty good amount of run and he got a pretty good amount of push that next to Solomon Kinley, just like Robert Hunt. I don't care who they put in the big gap. It's a question for me of, is Liam healthy enough to go? And if the answer is yes, that would be my first ideal solution. If the answer is no, okay, then I would probably just move Greg Little. As far as the tight end position with Adam Shaheen, Shaheen's been battling, I believe it's a hamstring, something, uh, over the course of the last week or so. He didn't practice towards the tail end of last week. I don't think this is really going to impact because I don't know that he was going to be available for Miami in week one, to be honest with you anyway. Uh, how do they choose to go go from here? This is probably a little more Durham Smythe, a little bit more Hunter Long. Because at the end of the day, Mike Gusecki's not taking any reps that Adam Shaheen is because they're totally different styles of tight end. They both win as receivers with size and catch radius. But Mike's much more dynamic. Adam's more of a red zone threat than anything else. I still think Mike is every bit as good of a red zone threat as a receiver than, than Shaheen is, and then some because he's more dynamic. But I think Shaheen's value as a receiver was really just going to fall inside the 20 for the vast majority. So I'll be fascinated to see how Hunter Long does, if he, presuming he takes those snaps. Uh, If they do too tight end stuff and they want guys with hands in the dirt, Mike might be off the field for those, in which case Hunter Long's going to have to be ready and step up. And this is one of those testaments to probably why they were obnoxiously invested into skill players when they did the 53-man roster cut down, because you never know when you're going to wake up. And a guy did, did not clear his protocols and is not able to play in the game on Sunday. And now all of a sudden, not because of an injury or anything on the field, You're going to lose a starter. Well, if you're going to endure that, we saw what that looked like last year for Tua down the stretch. Keep five tight ends. Keep seven wide receivers. If you've got eight, nine offensive linemen that can each play multiple spots, that's the appeal is you can keep other players at other spots. Um but I think that that this is a really good illustration of why they want to make sure no matter what happens, they're going to have some quality options for Tua in the passing game. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do it yourselfers So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit RockAuto.com for all of your auto parts needs and write Locked On into your How to Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, You get the sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love, but without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, shows, and more all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. A couple comments here on the YouTube stream. Locked on Dolphin's channel. Make sure you hit the video, like on the video, subscribe to the channel. You get these push notifications anytime we go live, impromptu, like we did on a Monday afternoon. Recording for Tuesday. Wildcat wants to know, where do you think the biggest gap is comparing all the aspects of winning as it comes to a franchise? Is there a bigger gap between the owners, between the GMs, the office, the head coaches, or the players? So this really isn't necessarily related to Austin Jackson and Adam Shaheen, but this is a great question. and That's why I want to tackle it here. Um, I really feel like organizations are defined From the top down, it's the owner's responsibility to invest in his team. It's the owner's responsibility to identify right individuals to make decisions from a football operations standpoint. And it's the owner's responsibility to align and empower those people to really move the direction of the franchise into winning and not being overwhelming or, or too aloof. And it's a very fine tightrope You have to walk. Right. So I look at all the best owners in football and the common denominator for many of them is ownership management and front office structure. And I think Steven Ross, I think he's learned some tough lessons over the first 10 years that he owned the Miami dolphins. And uh, I think he got it right when he did this restructure in 2019. And he kind of has this linear chain of command, right? where, Chris Greer runs football operations. Brian Flores was hired by Chris Greer. There's no everybody reports to Stephen Ross because that just breeds chaos, and then that was the Dolphins front office for a really long time. Uh, I do think coaching, as far as winning on any given Sunday, coaching is uh, very easily overlooked because there's a lot of talented players, like all the guys that we turn our nose up, noses up to and call them busts and all that. Like they're still physically talented. Like you made it to the NFL. It's not that you're talented. And that's the hardest thing about what I do from a draft perspective is a lot of the guys who don't fulfill their potential, it's not because they're not physically talented enough to do it. It's the situation that they go to. Uh, A lot of extenuating circumstances in a lot of cases. Sometimes it's injuries, which you can't control either. But uh, to answer your question, Wildcat, I would point to ownership and coaching as two dynamics that are very common denominators for what makes a consistently good NFL organization. Steve, is Liam Eichenberg's health trending in the right direction? He's getting there. Brian Flores isn't going to give you anything as far as his availability. Uh, He did give us this week that we are going to see Javon Holland and Preston Williams back at practice, which is great news. Holland missed some time, undisclosed injury. Preston Williams obviously coming back from the foot surgery that he had in the offseason. Uh, Both of those guys were back on Monday. So that's great news. From an injury perspective, I believe Liam is kind of one of the guys that is lingering. Uh, Brian Flores today declared him as, quote, day-to-day. He's doing everything he can to get back out there as quickly as he can, and he'll try to get out there as soon as he can. When asked about Holland and Williams, you'll see both of them at practice today. Both have worked to deal with their situations. Injuries worked hard, and have rehabbed. Yeah, they'll both be out of practice today. So obviously you've got Jackson and Shaheen, COVID protocols. You've got Liam Eikenberg, day-to-day, day-to-day, everybody's day-to-day with the Dolphins organization, really, when it comes down to it. Um, I think that's it as far as uncertainty for for guys who can dress. I mean, Albert Wilson, he's back. He was back at the end of last week, so he's should be good to go. Obviously, Will Fuller with the suspension, so having Albert Wilson back is a really big deal to complement Jalen Waddle and his speed, so... I feel pretty good from an injuries perspective. If Liam Eikenberg can be back, that's the icing on the cake because he would be the guy I would hope to see claim throughout the course of so week of practice this week. Okay, all the assignments that you've been learning at right tackle, great. Just mentally flip the assignment instead of playing right tackle versus your body being used to playing left tackle and have to flip your technique. That's a little easier just to remember, okay, it's 24 versus 25, so I'm going this way instead of that way. Last thing that I wanted to get to today. It was a question that was brought up in the press conference that I really enjoyed, uh, and I believe it came from Hal Habib. And it was something about slow starts. And I think this is really relevant to the Dolphins of 2021 because it was relevant to the Dolphins of 2020, and it was relevant to the team that started 0-7 versus finished 5-4 uh, in their last nine games last year. The question from Hal was: I want to ask you about slow starts, something that has been happened to this franchise before you even got here. There's been years where the team started slow and picked up steam as the season went along. What's your message to players in terms of the importance of starting fast? Is there anything you as a head coach can try to do to get this team on track early? Started one-and-three last year, finished nine and three over the final 12 games. A one and three stretch with two losses to divisional opponents. Brutal. Cost you tiebreakers where you were in a really bad spot going into week 17. Obviously finished off the pace in the AFC East. 1-3 and is not a place we can find ourselves in, again, in 2021. So Brian Flores said, you always want to start fast. I think it's about preparation. If we're ready to go and we prepare, it gives us the best chance to execute. Again, every year is a little different. We're not really thinking about previous years. We're thinking about today and what's in front of us. And the preparation for this week will give us an opportunity or a chance to potentially have good execution on Sunday. You can't have one without the other. I think our players know that. That's where our focus is right now, not on previous years. We always want to start fast. Every drill, every period, every meeting, we always want to start fast. I think preparation is a big part of starting fast. Uh, Never had a chance to do this before. Patriot X coming in in the channel. Dolphins losing first game. I'm assuming Patriot means you're a Patriots fan. And guess what, buddy? You're getting kicked out of my stream. See you later. Get out of here. Hate to see it. So starting fast. The difference between this year's team and the past two years is the amount of players on the roster who are new. And that's why when we went through the depth chart, projection on Sunday night slash Monday, and we talked about guys like Javon Holland versus Jason McCourty, who's going to end up being the guy who gets the call. Jason McCourty has a big advantage because he knows this system. He's used to communicating. There's going to be less room for young player mistakes. This team has to start fast. So you need players that know what they're doing. So that's why when I say I would like to start Liam Eikenberg at one of the tackle spots and have Jesse Davis at the other, and ideally I'd not like to flip-flop it, it's because he's those two guys have been in the system longer than Greg Little. When I predict that Jason McCourty is going to start, Steve, I, I don't question Steve in the comments. Holland has more upside. I absolutely agree. And I think you'll see him in a rotational role. But if you're going to play free safety for this team, I don't think, unless you have proven to this coaching staff, that you are seamless with your communication. And they're going to throw a lot of stuff at Mac Jones. A lot of complex shit. Which is how I want it. And it's how you should want it too. Because it gives you the best competitive advantage. But just to start the year, the first month or so, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Jason McCourty because you do want to start fast. As the most important thing the Dolphins can do this year is avoid starting slow like they have. Brian Flores has won one game in September in two years. We need to double that figure this year alone. Especially if we want to get to where we think we can be as a team. I still think this is a double-digit win team. I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm excited for the rest of the week. Hopefully we get some more Patriots fans in here in the stream. We can boot them. Thank each and every one of you on a serious note for tuning in. It's great seeing everybody on the live stream. It's great chatting with everybody on the podcast feed. Remember, YouTube channel, Locked on Dolphins. Like the video. Hit subscribe. That way you get the push notifications when we go live. You can join in, have comments, interact with me throughout the course of the show. And if you just want to listen to the podcast, you want to do it while you're working out, driving the car, walking the baby, whatever, no problem. Hit subscribe, Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for watching Fins Up. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys again soon.